We're learning Daf Samach Gimel. We're starting from the bottom of Samach Beis Mabez. We're continuing to darsh in the pasuk Yadatzik Yishalom Mahalech. Know that your tent is at peace, and a reference to one's wife. So let's see. The Gemara says more here. Tana Rabbanan says it writes. Why was Ishu Gufa? Somebody loves his wife as if it's his own body. Machavdi Yosmi Gufa. Someone honors her more than he honors his own his own body. Amad Rabbanu Venos of Darkish Shama. Someone who guides his sons and daughters to go on the proper path. From Masin Samach Leperkon, he marries them off close to the time that they mature, meaning while they're still very young. These are good things. The price continues. Somebody who loves his neighbors. Somebody who, who is nice to his relatives. So he marries his sister's daughter. There's an encouragement to do such a thing. Someone who lends a poor man money in the time when he needs it. Regarding these things, the Pasuk says, You will call out and Hashem will answer. And um, Hashem, will, uh, Hashem will respond to your call. You will cry out and he will say, here I am. Okay, so now that we see these nice, those things about taking care of a person's family, now we continue going back to the general concepts of marriage here. A person who's not married is not considered a person. He's not considered complete. There's something incomplete about him. It says that he created the man and female, and then afterwards he says he calls them man. So it sounds like they're only after they were both married, but before the person was married, he wasn't called a person yet at that point. Second statement in Farmer Abelazar called him Shane Lokarka and Wadam. A person who doesn't, is not, doesn't own real estate. There's something incomplete. He's not considered a full, complete man. This Hashem gave the world, he gave the world the Bnei Adam. So people who own Karka, those are Adam. People who don't own Karka, not Adam. Third statement from Abelazar, my Hashem says, I will make a wife who will be for a man, will be someone who helps him, and will be opposite him. So that means, if he's a fortunate, if it's a good marriage, then the wife is supportive and helpful. If he's not, doesn't have a good marriage, then she's the opposite him. She opposes whatever he does. Igadamri, other people expound it differently. Rabbi Lazar Ramli, Rabbi Lazar actually had a stira, a contradiction. On the one hand, it says, which we understand to mean to hit. It's like we're reading it, kinagdo, like a, like a hitting motion. We can read it on kinagdo, but the, the decree, the way we read it, is kinagdo corresponding to him. So which one is it? Zaha, if he's fortunate, kinagdo, his wife corresponds to him. Meaning, in this understanding, she is, she is uh, supportive. Lo zaha, she's not, she, if he's not, doesn't have a good marriage, minagdo, so she whips him, <coughs> and the marriage is not well. Says the more Ashkar Rabbi Yosi Eliyahu. Rabbi Yosi, the town of once met Eliyahu and Avi Amalei said to Eliyahu, "Ksiv, as you look in Nagdo, he said, he said, look at this pasuk. It says that a woman will be helping a man. By many shows, I In what capacity is she helping us? From below, Eliyahu said, Adam maybe chitin. Person brings home raw material. He brings home wheat. Chitin kotsis. Does he chew the the wheat? In other words, does he chew it the way it is? No. Obviously, someone has to grind it and turn it into bread. Pishon, if he makes flax, Pishon lovish, does he does he wear unprocessed flax? Obviously not. Someone has to someone has to take the raw materials and turn them into and turn them into bread, <coughs> and turn it into clothing. Turns out that she's lighting up his eyes. Mom is also putting him on his feet. So obviously, we have to be. She's helping her husband. another statement. What does it mean when Adam names his wife? So it says Zosapam this time. Sorry. This is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. And that's why she was called Isha, because she was taken from Adam. So Malami, this teaches us, Adam actually had relations with every animal and beast. <coughs> he, didn't, he, wasn't put to, he wasn't put to ease until eventually he had relations with Chava. And that's what he means. This time he was comparing what he had just experienced by being intimate with, with Chava to his previous experiences with the other animals. Says the Gemara, "Amar Belazer, my disciple. What is the meaning of the pasuk? But never chubacha, kol meshvachas adamah. It is by Avram Avinu. All the families of the world 
will bless themselves through you. What does that mean? So here is the drush. I have two. Berechos tovos. So we're saying these are like grafting in the sense like you shoot like a foreign, you have like a shoot from a foreign tree and you graft it together with the tree that you have. So that is, that is reference to a, to a convert that these people, there are two con- people who will convert to Judaism that will be grafted. They're like foreign shoots that are going to be grafted together with the tree of Judaism. And who are these? Rus, obviously making David HaMelech and Nama. Also again, a lot of people from David HaMelech's dynasty came from Nam from Nama, who married in. So, so, so Avram was being told, people are going to graft, we're going to graft these shoots in, good things will happen. All the families of the earth teaches, even the families who dwell on the earth, they only have brachal because of Klai Yisrael, meaning even very like barbaric, uncivilized people who are living in the earth, but these are people that all the brachal of the world only comes from Klai Yisrael. Similarly, all the nations of the world will get bracha. What does that mean? Even the ships are traveling in Galia in Spain. They all only get bracha because of Klai Yisrael. So the point is that we're making in this is that Klai Yisrael is what affects the entire world. So in, 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 this is not just down the point after we're saying that there were Yerim who converted, but even they were saying all the good things that happened, all the all these uncivilized people and all the aristocratic, the fancy people in business, all the brach in the world is found only because of Kla Yisrael. We are the second wide line, Samach Gimel Amad We're continuing here, Amar Abelazar, Asizim Kobali, Karka, in the future, Mashiach's going to come. What's going to happen? Everybody's going to be a farmer. Unbelievable thing. Today, everyone has a different profession. Eventually, no one's going to have, no one's not going to be the doctor's lawyers anymore. Every single one is going to be a farmer. They'll descend from their boats. And instead of being at the sea in their boats, everybody's going to be standing on the ground. So the concept of standing on the ground is that everybody is going to be farming. So the question is how to understand this exactly. Is this, is this a bracha? Is this a klala? It's an interesting uh, Different point, because Rabbi Lazar himself finishes off here, that there's no livelihood out there in the world that's lower than being a farmer. What does the Pasuk say? It says, they're going to descend. In other words, they're going to get off the boat, they're going to get off the, you know, busy with the, with, with the import-export business, and they're going to go down. So it doesn't seem so clear what, what exactly it's going to be. Um, not, not so clear. Also, Tyson has a fascinating question, how to understand this. Tyson says, we've said before in the Gemara, that a person who doesn't own karaka is not an adam. Meaning to really be considered a whole complete person, you need to be involved in uh, real estate. Here, the Gemara seems to be saying that being involved with the land is plusa. So there's a difference in you know what we call real estate and we call a farmer. You know, there's a difference. Tesis already suggests that there's such a thing. At any rate, eventually everybody will descend and work with the land. So most of the, uh, the people in Farsham explain that farming may not be that the reason it's low is because you don't make so much money. That's clear. You don't farming doesn't make people people so wealthy. But the point is that itself, it's a simple lifestyle. It's a very simple lifestyle. It's very complete. You live with nature and so on and so forth. There are a lot of beautiful advantages of life. So the point is when Mashiach comes, there's going to be less materialism in the world. Because of that, the, the pursuit of, of the livelihood will, will, will simplify itself. That's the way we understand the concept here. We're uh, a few lines down in the wide line. Samach Gimel. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Lazar Chazilia, Rabbi Lazar once saw a land, the cabbage was planted in it, 
with wise. So in other words, normally you plant because the oxen have to go and plow and turn around. So you always plow across the length of the field. This was plowed across, planted across the width wise. So I'm late. That's, that's silly. He said, Ishi even if you do it in the length, you should, you, should, you should go to buy and sell instead of farming. Meaning, you still are planting the field and not a smart way to, the smartest way to make money. But even if you would do it across the length, with it, which is a, a, a better strategy, but it would still be better to flip the field in business than it would be to be planting the field. Similar story here, Rav all the baby Shivli. Rav once, he was in a field between the ears, right? So he was on what grain? And the ear is a grain standing. So Chaz and the Kanaf, you saw that they were waving, right? What happens? The wind blows and the grain, which is standing up, so it, it seems to be waving against it, uh, waving one another. So Amalu, Rav said, so it seems like there's happiness. That's the idea, like the grain, let's like, the grain, they're waving, they're happy. There's a dancing, there's, there's vibrancy in the grain. So Amalu, Rav said, he was like speaking to the grain. He said, is you can wave all you want, but it would be better if we bought you and sold you, meaning... Again, it's not uh, so lucrative over here to be busy with being a farmer. Amar Rava, someone has 100 zuz invested here. He has a business deal called Yoma Bisra Bachama. Then that's such a person, it makes sense for his lifestyle to have meat and wine every single day. Because if you have business, you're going to be doing good. But if you have the same 100 zuz in farming, so then you're going to have salt and some, 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 some sprouts, right? Your profits are not going to be so much. Oh, not only that, but what's going to happen is that the land will lay him down on the ground itself. Meaning to say, Ashi explains that sometimes a person has to guard their grain. That's one of the curses of being a farmer is that it's all about your stuff and anybody can come and take it. And you always have to be nervous looking over your shoulder that someone will take it. So sometimes the, working with the land, the irony is that the land forces you to sleep with the land. To be there constantly on guard. There's always going to be always disputes that happen. People actually explains that, you know, it's very hard to claim that you fully own a piece of land. And someone can always lay claim to it. It's not something that you can really hold and make sure nobody takes away. So this is what it, the price that you pay for working with the land. Amara, Papa, more advice here. Economic advice. Zerah, plant. Velote has been dope buy from the market. So this is an interesting thing. If a person has different ways of... Uh, of getting, getting the, the, the grains that they need, so it's better to plant it for what their house needs than to purchase it for the market. Even if you would calculate and the, you know, what, the, what the planned expenses are and it comes out it would be the same, it's still better. Why? How do you crops that come at your home are, are, have, a greater, have greater value to them? Why? What's the shot? It's just an interesting thing. Rashi explains there's like a, a natural paracha, which is in the homegrown thing. And that's the way, you know, we almost know this intuitively that the homegrown thing tastes better. <coughs> Here we're saying there's even a greater abundance, there's a greater bracha, which is found in the things which are which are homegrown. More more advice here. Zabin, always better to sell below tazel instead of being poor. Meaning if a person has the option of either becoming poor or to sell some things in his house and to, to, to gain money and then he'll use that money for a business to invest, that's what you should do. So even don't it's not part with your stuff, part with your stuff in order to make sure that you have some liquid acid here. Hanimili Bistarki, this is only true for, for, for things that, like they used to put on the floor, like a rug. I will gleam up, but if it's a garment that a person wears, Lomas Ramile, then you should never sell it. And the reason is you might not find another one like that. You know, you have that good suit, you never know. It's hard to, sometimes to find another one. Continuing, Tonvalo to shop. It's, let's say, here we're talking about a wall, but it's a hole, so you should plug it. And it's, it's not, it's not, below the shop, it's not better to, 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 to plaster it. Because what, when you plaster something, basically what happens is you're making it. You make a bigger hole and then you redo it. When you plug a hole, you're not, you're not, you're not redoing it. You're just, you're just plugging it up. So he's giving the advice of plugging as opposed to making the hole, the hole, the hole bigger. Shabbos velotivni. 
and here we're talking about someone who, uh, who, who really cares about the way the wall looks. So, so if you have to choose between plastering it or knocking the whole thing down, so make the whole bit bigger and plaster it as opposed to knocking the whole thing down. In other words, always do smaller amounts of, of these things. Why? This is a very famous Gemara. Anybody that has construction becomes poor. And that's a, it's a, it's a true thing, right? It's like always... You got to quote this, that, and it always ends up more. So we, Gemara's advice is, uh, is always to minimize the amount of construction done. Quotes bin Aram, always buy real estate. Mesuvnes says, it's, uh, be very careful when you take a wife. As she says, always make sure you know who she is, exactly what her character is. Nechiz Dargan is Siv Itza. Advice 10 years ago. All right? Yeah. Nechiz Dargan is Always go down a step to marry a woman. Unbelievable. As she says, it's talking about social stuff. Don't marry up in social standing. Marry down. But when you go up to find someone, uh, a close friend that you can talk to, you should always go up. Go up a step in social standing. Unbelievable advice right here. All right. So now we mentioned before that everything that happens in the world is because of Klai Yisrael. So now we mentioned it before, Latov, that all the good in the world that happens because of the bracha is all because of Klai Yisrael. So now the Gemara speaks about the opposite. This is also a famous concept that we're meant to look at any, you know, um, catastrophe that happens in the world and anything. It has, it's all somehow related to Klai Yisrael. <coughs> Everything will, will somehow have the way that we have an impact on the, glo- on the globe. <coughs> Jen can destroy everything just for the world, just for the Jews to take Musa. So there's such an idea that every occurrence in the world is meant for Kali Yisrael. All right, now we get back to marriage here. Rav, Avim, Avim, Rav was once leaving Rav, his uncle. <coughs> so Amalei Rav, said to him, Rachmanu Litzlach, Hashem should save you. Mimidi dikasha mimaisa. Hashem should save you from the thing which is worse than death. So it sounds like there's something that could potentially be worse than death. And Rav, Rav was telling Rav, I hope Hashem saves you from it. So he said, well, what could be worse than death? And he saw there was a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, in Kohelas, what do I find worse, more painful than death? As a Isha, right? A bad wife. A bad wife, an evil woman, can be more painful than death. And that's what Rav was telling, was telling Rav. I hope you get saved from that. Now the Gemara says, actually, Rav had a pretty painful marriage. Rav HaKam Debizu. His wife used to bother him. When he would ask for lentils, when he would ask for chimsi, she would make him lentils. So whatever, whatever he wanted, she would make him the opposite. Rav had a son, Chia. So Chia was the, was, the, was the middleman between what his father wanted to eat and his mother. So instead of Rav asking directly his wife, he, Rav's son, Chia, would go tell his mother what, her, what, what his father wanted to eat. So what did he do? He saw what was going on and he would tell his mother his father wanted the opposite. So if he knew his, his, his father really wanted lentils, he would tell his mother, yeah, dad wants the chimsi. So that way she would do the opposite and Rav would end up getting what he wanted. Oh, so look at this. And Amar says, Amalei, <laughs> Rav realized the whole thing. So Rav said to, to him, he says, Ooh, look, your mother got to me so much of a better person. And as he didn't realize what was going on. So he said, I know the Rav could relate. No, 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 no. It was just my smart idea to reverse, to, to flip what you wanted. So Rav said, This is the meaning of what people say. The kid who comes out for you will teach you. Meaning your kids are always educating you, right? They teach you, 
They teach you new things you never knew. is critical. He said you shouldn't do this. It's better not to lie, right? So don't say I want this when really you want the opposite. Even if it ends up being that you don't care what you want. Says the Gemara, Rabbi's wife used to used to bother him. Rabbi would find something that uh, in the market that he knew his wife would want. He'd wrap it in his sudar and he would bring it home to her. In other words, he would still try to be a good husband. So Amalei Rav, Rav said, I'll come and tell you, why do why, why you care about her, right? She, she, she's not a good wife to you. Amalei Rav Chia said, The bottom line is, it's enough that she raises our children, and they save us from sin. In other words, right, we have bad thoughts and sinful thoughts, but the, because we're married, we don't have that. So that's a basic, like, core appreciation that a man has to his wife, even if there's sorrow, even if there's pain in the relationship, but I still have the gratitude for that. Says the Gemara, Motani, Makila Revuda Revisla Parade, Revuda read the, the, the Possek to his son Revisla. The Possek sort of said, Motani, Mari, Ravis, Ezeish, I found more painful than death is a, is a bad marriage. On Malay, Revisla said his father, Kogonman, what's an example of a bad marriage? Kogonimach, Revuda said, Your mother, right? Your mother, my wife, that's an example. So how do we see this? So the Gemara has the opposite. Vamasi, Revuda Revisla Parade, Revuda also taught his son Revisla, Mamsh the opposite. Ain Adam Motzi Koras Ruach. At least you're showing a person who's only content with his first wife. First wife, the original love, that's the purest one. You should rejoice with the wife from your, from your youth. Meaning the first wife that a person has, that's the one that he, he's going to have karas ruach from. So Amalei, Rav Yitzchak, they said to his father, who is an example of such a marriage. And Rav Yitzchak, your mother. So if Rav Yitzchak is saying that his, his wife, he finds that he was content with, that obviously he doesn't have bitterness in his marriage. So which one is it? Originally, finding it more painful than death, he's saying it was his wife. Now we're saying that he's content with his wife. That uh, it sounds like the opposite. So the Mar says, no, maskif takifa. She used to be very, very harsh, like a quick temper. She would react very harshly. But it was very easy for the anger to go away. So in other words, sometimes you have that. In other words, everyone's good. Batsum, there's a wonderful marriage, but there's... There's a problem with anger, but the anger goes away quickly. So, 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 so therefore, on the one hand, he was very content, but on the other hand, in those moments of the rage, it could be very, very bitter. Says the Gemara, what is the case of a bad wife? In other words, what, what could a woman do that makes her be like that? She sets the table to serve him a meal, but then um, she also sets her mouth. What does that mean? She's setting the table and setting her mouth, meaning she's preparing her criticisms and insults. Um, so yeah, she might, she might end up serving him, but the point is that she's insulting him. Yes, she sets the table to serve him a meal, but she turns her back on him. And again, this is the idea. It's, not, it's like a particularly more painful when, when the wife is serving him, but she's still criticizing him or, or uh, refusing to, 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 to eat with him. All right. This Gemara is one of the main sources, you know, we fast and, and, and it's like, you know, everything Kippur and the Vidoy, everything when a person gets married, right? A person, person gets married, it's like a very special day. So this is one of the ideas. The concept is when a person gets married, so the sins are mispakikin, they're plugged up. So what's the idea? So the Pashim shot is, is that it's not time all the Averis go away. But the, the, the idea is, is that until a person is married, all, all their, their entire essence in a way is defined by their thoughts that they can't control. But, but after marriage, then, then these things go away to a certain degree. So the sins are plugged up, 
as if like the cracks in one's essence are, are no longer there. He's found the wife, he's found goodness, and he gets ratzon, he gets ratzon from Hashem. What's interesting is that we saw in the Gemara Lamed Aleph that a person is not called complete a person until he gets married as well. So the, 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 the Achronim are very into this. How there's, like, there's almost like two dinim in the change in identity of a person when he gets married. On the one hand, he wasn't a full Adam until that point. On the other hand, we see Avonosim is pakkin, that there's a plugging up of the sins. These are the two concepts behind this whole seriousness of Yom Kippur when a person gets married. Says the Gemara, in the West, in her when a person would get married, they would say to him like this, Matzah, is it a matziv? Is it a situation of matzah? Oh, motzah. Or is it motzah? This was their riddle, a way of asking, is your wife good or is your wife bad? Why? What does this mean? Matzah, this is matzah isha matzah tov. Matzah means the good wife. It says in the Pasuk, matzah isha matzah tov. Motzah is alluding to a bad wife. Tichsev, motzah, I find my wife more better than death. So we see matzah is used in the context of a good marriage. Mot, mot, I'm sorry. Matzah is for a good marriage. Motzah is for a bad marriage. That was a very famous idea that they say. He said, okay, I see it in the Pesukim and this and that, but where, why is the idea that matzah is alluding to, alluding to a good marriage and motzah is alluding to a bad marriage? So matzah is in the past. Motzah is in the present. If a person judges his wife always in the present and defines you know, what's going on by the way she's acting in this second, so then a lot of times we get critical, judgmental, this and that. But in order to have a good marriage, it's always matzah. We always have to be thinking about gratitude that we have and how much the relationship is built upon, so on and so forth. Not just every second to be judging, oh, how do I like this right now? Says the Gemara Rava, Yishara Mitzvah Lagarshav, a person who's married to one of these bad women, then it's a mitzvah to divorce with Achsiv, Gerish Lays, Vietzim, Madan, Vishbos, Din, Bakala. There's a din to be Garish, to drive it away, but also we're saying here that there's a din of Gerishin over here. Unbelievable idea, the Gemara says. Okay, another one, Amar Rava, Yishara, Ksuvas, Maruba. Let's say you're married to a bad wife, but there's a big suba. So basically, the suba is the deterrent to divorce, because if you can't afford to pay it, then what are you going to do? So here, what happens if a person is married to a bad wife? And really, he would divorce her, but the suba is very high. So then what's the solution? The solution is Sarasa Betsida. You should marry a second woman, get a rival. Why? Because that will improve the first wife. The first wife, if she has a rival, another, another, another wife is in the picture, then, then that will make her better. And not with a thorn. Meaning to say, if there will be another woman, so then uh, the competition will be, will, will be better for her and uh, will, help her, will, will help her change her ways even more than if you would poke her with a thorn. In other words, that will be more effective to bring in a tsara than it would be to poke her with a thorn. Now, obviously, both of these solutions we don't do anymore when the times are going and we have that we don't divorce women anymore against their will and we don't take two wives. So these are the two solutions from Rava which are no longer practical for us. Says the Mama Rava, Kasha Isha Rab Yom Sagir. Bad woman is like a storm. So we talk about a bad rainy day and a contentious wife that they're compared to one another. Look how good a good wife can be. And how bad a bad wife can be. How good can a wife be? This is A person has found a wife, it's found good. So what's the Pasuk talking about? So we, 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 it could be talking about literally a wife, or it could be talking about Torah. It might be a comparison. A lot of times we know like each is Chayil and things like that. They're really all a metaphor for Torah. But however you define it, whether it's talking about literally a wife, or whether it's talking about a marshal for Torah, either way, we see that a wife can be amazing. Because the Pasuk is talking literally about a wife. So that's what the Pasuk is saying. Look how good a good wife can be. The Pasuk is praising her and it's saying 
that you know when you're married to this woman, you find good, right? So obviously we see in the pasuk how good a good wife can be. And if you will tell me that the pasuk is really referring to the Torah and that it's a mashal, well then that itself is, it shows that how good a woman is because If you're using a good wife as a mashal, as a parable for the goodness of Torah, clearly a good wife must be amazing. You wouldn't be using the parable for the goodness of Torah with, with, through, through, through a good wife unless, unless it was a good muscle. must be that a, a good wife is actually an amazing thing. So in that context, we see just how good the good can be. However, on the other hand, see how unpleasant a bad wife can be. You see that the worst thing can be a woman. The Pasuk is literally the marriage. Look how bad a bad wife can be that the Pasuk is saying such words that she can be more, more bitter than death. And if you say the Pasuk is not literally talking about a woman, but it's talking about a muscle for Gehenim, and it's saying that Gehenim can be worse than death, well then again, the Pasuk is saying that a bad wife is a muscle for Gehenim, so Kamara Yishara, <coughs> we see just how bad a bad wife can be. Gehenim is the, she is the parable, she's the muscle for Gehenim, so we see just how bad <coughs> the situation can be. Continues the Gemara, the Pasuk says, it's in the Teichachah, <coughs> the, from the, from Yirmiya, Yirmiya says, maybe I lay him raw. I will bring evil upon them. Those the type of evil which you can't escape. In other words, it's it's a it's a depth in how bad the matzah is going to be. A lot of times there's bad, but you can get out of the bad, right? You can change your situation. But then the situation of bad, which you cannot escape from. So what is the situation of of, of bad of evil which is inescapable? That's that's the phenomenon which we discussed before. So really, you could solve it by divorcing her. The problem is that the ksuba costs so much money, and therefore you cannot pay it. It sounds like over here, suppose can talk about an interesting shayla, is that you really have no solution to, with the ksuba. In other words, if you can't pay the ksuba, you have no right to divorce. What do you mean? Why can't I, uh, why can't I, I divorce her? And there will be an, an outstanding debt. You know, it will be a debt that I owe her. Well, 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 why can't I do that? It would sound like from the Gemara, the part of is you can't. If a person doesn't have the means to divorce and pay the ksuba, he doesn't have a right to divorce. That's what it would sound like. Hashem has given me into the hands that I cannot take. This is a pasuk from Eicha. <coughs> so what's that a reference to? Again, the idea is that he cannot, <coughs> he cannot stand. There's no way for him to get out of this. Um, in Israel, they say, Actually, he's not talking about a wife. He's talking about someone... His mazonos, what he's going to eat is tuim bekaspo. It depends on his cash, meaning to say that he doesn't have produce at home to support himself. He's totally dependent upon whatever they're selling. So therefore, he, he's, always, he's always in pain. It's a situation where he cannot endure because you're, you're subject to whatever the market is. The market fluctuates, the market runs out, so on and so forth. So always better, and this really echoes the thought that we had in Ahmed Aleph, that it's always better to have homegrown crops at home. At the same time, it's tough, right? What did the Gemara say? You shouldn't be a farmer, right? It's a very low, <laughs> very low job. All right, says the Gemara, So this is from the Tokah on the Torah. Parshas Kisav, it says, Your sons and daughters will be given over to another people. So what does that mean? The Parshas in the Pasuk is captivity, right? They're going to be captured. A famous thing here is actually a stepmother. That's considered, you know, like a, a very painful thing, painful to everybody because the stepmother often is not nice to the children, but the, the, the actual parent who's seeing this and witnessing that his children are not happy with his new wife, but he's powerless, right? There's nothing that he really can do um, to help the sons and daughters who are given to another people. It says the Gemara, of all, Achi, same, with a bad nation, I will anger them. 
the Pasuk says, what's that? A reference to Rabbi Rabbi who Isha Rav, Ksubah, Meruba, the same thing. Um, as we're talking about the, the, the woman with the high Ksuba, it's not literally a foreign nation, but something that's nimshal to it. Actually, the Pasuk is not talking about a bad wife in that Pasuk. The Pasuk is referring to the heretics, the Tzadukim. Tzadukim were people who always gave pain to, 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 the, to the rabbis. The novel said, in his heart, there is no God. So, uh, so, so we're saying that, uh, that these are a reference to the Tzadukim because they don't fully believe everything we believe in. It says the Marvel sees a ton of the bride, so it says, Elu. Anche Barbaria, you hear it, you know, barbaric in the word, the barbaric people of Anche Matanani, the people from Maritananya, Malchum Arun Bashek, these are people that they would walk naked in the marketplace. And that's the point, it's barbaric, right? They don't care, they don't care to treat themselves with respect. There's nothing which is more disgusting and repulsive to Hashem. More than someone who walks around without properly, um, without proper human dignity. Says the Gemara, fourth interpretation of this Pasuk. These are the Chabarim. The Chabarim were certain uh, Persian people who didn't respect the Jewish people. And actually, during the times of the Gemara, some of these Persian people were around, were around uh, Bava. So we, we know about the Chabarim a little bit. Anyways, whatever it is, this is what the, a bunch of interpretations here for what the Pasuk in, the, in Kisavu is saying. Hashem will anger them with this vile nation. So is this a woman, the bad wife, with the Ksuba is too much? Is it the Tzadukim or the barbaric people or the Chabarim? Says the Gemara, and they told Rabbi Yochanan, Asu Chabarai Lebavo, Chabarim have come to Babel. In other words, they're here, they're around. Now we're going to have to deal with them. <coughs> so Shkana Apau, Rabbi Yochanan fell over and he fell to the ground. He was in pain. He was in pain <coughs> because of the fact that now, you know, they're going to have to deal with them. Pashup Shad is, Rabbi Yochanan was never in Babel. Rabbi Yochanan was in Eretz Yisrael, but he was just feeling the pain of Klaal Yisrael. They said, you can buy them off. They take bribes. So even though they're not, you know, generally so nice, but they can take bribes and everything will be fine. So then Tarot Yosef, he straightened himself up and he sat right because, you know, then, then it's going to be okay. As long as they take bribes, you know, we have a hope here. Now, they told him as follows. The Chabarim made three decrees and they told him what the decrees were. So, so against the Jews, we'll see in a second what they were. Rabbi Yochanan said that it's all Midah Kenegan Midah. There were three sins that the, that the, the Jews in Bavel did, and therefore Hashem was paying the back Midah Kenegan Midah with three bad um, decrees from the Chabarim. What are them? They told him the Chabarim said, you can't have Shechita meat, right? You can't eat the Shechita meat. Rabbi Yochanan said, it's because of the Matanus. What does that mean? The din is that when you make a Shechita, you're supposed to give the Zorah L'chayayim Ba'akeva, certain parts of the animal, <coughs> you're meant to give to the Kohanim. So it seemed that the Jews in Bavo would steal them, meaning that they wouldn't, they wouldn't give it. Now, it seems that it's not Stam, they were Stam, Avarim for no reason, but there's a whole question about whether it's Noah in Chuzlarim. That's if you look in Chulim, there's a whole Shiloh about that. So maybe that's part, part of what's behind it, is that it's part of that complexity, whether you're fulfilling the Mitzvah correctly. So because when they did Shkita, they didn't give the proper Matanas to the Kohanim, so therefore the Eveshta sent this decree from the Chabarim not to have slaughtered meat. Because Omer Chatzos, they made a decree against using bathhouses. It's because they weren't careful enough with going to the mikvah. And then, what was the last one? They're taking out the dead bodies, meaning that they would go, right? It's the saddest thing when they, it's considered against Kavad HaMetz, when they go dig up the dead. And the reason Rabbi Yochanan said that they didn't, they should say, the, the Jews used to, used to celebrate, and Moshe quotes this Gemara sometimes about being careful, you know, with Gaisha holidays. He says that they used to celebrate the, the, the holidays in the land, meaning there was the, the Havarim. Wasn't, it wasn't the Jewish holiday. 
It was it was Rabarim's holidays, but the Jews would, would join in. They would they would have an uh, they would they would say, Oh, it's a happy day, and they would join in with the Chavarim in their holidays. So because of that, they would they, they, the dead bodies were dug up, and the reason why is because that causes mourning, and that's the pain. It's as if it's a new the body's back. says you don't listen to Hashem. So then the warning is, the passage we hear from Shmuel, the hand of Hashem will be against you and your ancestors. So what does that mean against you and your ancestors, right? It's against you and your children, I understand. But now Hashem will send something against you and your ancestors. So what does that mean? It means Hashem will send this pain, the pain of having the dead dug up. That who's, who's at fault if the, if the Gaim are digging up the dead? It's the fault of the people who are alive now. It's their sin, which is causing their, the bodies of the ancestors to be dug up. Ah, oh, very good. Rolling on, very good. On the one hand, the passage says, They will not be gathered together. They won't be buried. They'll be just like, just like dung lying on the face of the earth. The very next passage says, Death is preferred to life. So basically what we're saying is that in the first passage it's saying that they're not going to even be buried. They're not going to be buried. They're just going to be lying on the earth. So, so in the next passage says, we want death over life. So how could it be? If the death is not going to be buried, how could you want such a thing? In other words, we normally assume that if the body is not buried, then it's tremendous pain. So you wouldn't choose the, the death in that way. So Ambalibra, Ambalibra said, no. In objective sense, death is better for, for the wicked people. It's better that they should die than continuing to live in the world and sin. And then go straight to Gehenna. So the Pasuk doesn't mean that the people themselves are going to choose death without burial over life. And the truth is that a person would not, would choose anything besides death without burial. The Navi Stam is saying an objective truth that it's always, there's a greater advantage for the Risham to die younger than to continue and live in, in sin. Because of that, they won't have so much Gehenna. It's not saying what that person would actually choose. It's not saying if I gave a person the two options, would you rather die without burial or live longer, they, he would choose one without the other. Then I'll be some, he's saying the truth, that there, there is an advantage for a Rosh to die young and then continue sitting and have more Gehenna. Okay, so now the, the Gemara says, it's a fascinating thing that we quote this, because of Besefer Ben Sira. It's written in the book of Ben Sira. So Ben Sira, he's a writer, <coughs> the beginning of the second base of and it's really not that clear if there's any Kedusha to it, if it's really, you know, is there any, is he really a Jew? It just seems like it was kind of like, you know, like a book where there was a lot of, like, smart things in there. But, uh, but the Mark quotes it. So it says in the Sefer of Ben Sira, Isha Tova Matana Tova, that a good woman is a good gift. She's given into, into the hold of someone who's a Yari Elokim. <coughs> so meaning Hashem gives it to Yeris Hashem, it's fitting to that. A bad woman is like a tsaras, like leprosy to her husband. What should do? He should divorce her and be cured from this leprosy. The idea of the leprosy is that it's like so attached. It gets to one's body, you can't get rid of it. When there's a beautiful wife, her husband is very lucky. The number of his days will be doubled. Meaning the idea is that uh, it's like a person is living a greater life with a beautiful wife. A person should, should, should hide their eyes from a woman of charm. What does that mean, a woman of charm? So first of all, it means another, another person's wife. A wife of somebody else who has charm, who has a certain charisma to her. So you shouldn't be caught in her like a net, like a trap. And that's the idea that there's a, another, be careful for the charm of someone else's wife. Don't even go to her husband to go have drinks, wine, and other, other drinks with him. Because of the beauty 
of a beautiful woman. So many people have been destroyed. Have been destroyed. call her Her victims are many. Meaning, this is an old problem. Many people have fallen to this. <coughs> so they think, oh, if I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even doing it directly with the, with a married woman. I'm just, I'm just at the person's house. No big problem. But the truth is that this beautiful woman with her charisma can get you. There are many blows by the peddler. So what the peddler here? The peddler are the uh, the pedal. These pedals like what, when things that women wear, like all the jewelry. So it means that the, many have fallen prey to this to all the adornments adornments that, that she wears. Margilatvar erva, the people who are generally immoral, kinitzos mavir gachelas. It's like a spark that can ignite a coal. So what's the muscle here? You can have a, it's a tiny little spark, right? It's very easy. Just a little thing. You can caused a big cold to, to go into fire. So the idea is that, that you a little small thing that starts, but, but it, it comes from the, uh, it comes from the it's hard, so it can blow up. Oh, just as you could have a coop that's full of birds, so their houses are full of deceit. So what does this mean? What, what is going on here? So it seems like when you have a lot of crowded coop here with the feathers of the bird, well, are, are going to be forced to stick out. You can like see them from the outside because there's so many birds. So we're saying that there's, if you really are objective, it will be obvious to you that there's deceit in such a home. So you can know, you can know it, you can know it, you know yourself, like a, call it like a sixth sense, you know, when something is off. Don't be distressed by tomorrow. Don't think about tomorrow. You don't know what, what, you don't know what today is going to bring. Maybe tomorrow will come and a person won't, be, won't, won't even be alive. So in other words, a person who's so worried and anxiety about what's going to happen tomorrow is going to die today. And will come out that he was grieving over a world which wasn't his. There's a day that he's never going to have. He's all worried about tomorrow. Who says there's going to be a, who says there's going to be a tomorrow? Better to stop too many people from coming into your house. Don't invite strangers always to the house. Don't bring everyone in. You shouldn't have many people who inquire about you. You should have many acquaintances, so on and so forth. Only reveal a secret to one in a thousand. As you should, it's not saying never say anything, but, but you have to be very careful to who you reveal a secret to. Continues the Gemara. Now we were talking about a mitzvah. We got into all this because of the mitzvah of Puruvu. So we mentioned the idea that one of the values of Puruvu is that it causes the Mashiach to come because there's a guf, there's a chamber of souls, and then when all the souls are used up, the Mashiach is going to come. So Amar Ravazi, Inman, David, Bab, Mashiach, when I come, Mashiach, Kukon, Shamashba, Guf, all the souls are taken out of the chamber of Guf. Shinem, Mike, Ruch, Mufana, Yatam, Nishamas, Aniazizi. Tanya. And someone who chooses not to procreate, he spills blood. Noach is told first not to uh, commit murder. What is it? So the juxtaposition is that, that it's like committing murder by not having children. You're, 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 you're pushing back, you're minimizing Hashem's image. In the image of Hashem, he made man So we see again, it's like pushing back against the Tzalmalokim. Ben Azay says a very interesting thing is both. Right? Yeah, both. Puruvu says next to Tzalmalokim, and it said next to, 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 to murder. So it's like both. This is Ben Azay saying it's really bad not to have children. So the Bryce has said, they told Ben Azay, sometimes there are people who, 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 who darshan well, and they also perform well. No. No, Mekayim, Vino Adorish. There are people who perform well even though they don't preach it well. Ba'ata, no, Adorish. You preach well, Vino Mekayim. You don't perform well. Benazai wasn't married. Benazai didn't die. He died without children. And he once was married to her. He his daughter, but he divorced her and he never married again. So he didn't have children. So here he is darshaning. He's preaching about the value of children. He himself doesn't have children. 
So what could I My soul is craving learning Torah. The world can be preserved through other people. So this is a fascinating concept. What exactly does this mean? You know, that, that he's excusing himself over here. Fascinating thing. How does it apply? Someone who completely gives himself over to Torah. Right? We learn so many values of being married on Amad Aleph. And here we just see, as I say, Fascinating concept. Says the Gemara Tani Idah, somebody who's not procreating is like he's spilling blood. Like we said before. And like the other opinions, exactly like we said, he's diminishing Hashem's Selim. Ben Azai said both, and they told Ben Azai Yishnamadar. So we have two prices pretty much saying the same thing. Continues the Gemara, Tanur Abbanan says in a price, when the Aaron came to Moshe, he would say, Shuvah Hashem, Ruvos Alpha Yisrael, that Hashem should live. The Shechina should be amongst the river voice Alpha Yisrael. So what's river voice Alpha? So the Gemara Darshan Malamish in Shechina Shoral Pachos Shnei Alav Shei Ravos Yisrael. The Shechina will never be on less than two thousand and two myriads. So what's myriads? Each one is ten thousand. So two ten thousands and two thousand. So that means at least twenty-two thousand Jews. That's the that's the smallest number. That that for the Shechina to be Shoran, which is interesting because that that's really what it comes out the. <coughs> the the Shevet, uh, Shevet Levi had those numbers in the midbar, twenty two thousand. That's the that's the minimum. Where do we get this? Um, because we have Alfe, this is thousands, and Rivavos, right? Rivavos is two ten thousands. So think about it this way: Imagine the general population of Klai, so it was twenty two thousand minus one. and this one person doesn't do peruvu. So because of your one action of not having children, boom! So another shchina is not going to be not going to be shara. So there could be tremendous responsibility, tremendous responsibility for a person to uh, to procreate. Says the a person can actually misa for not having children. Why? Says in the passage, Pasik says that they didn't have children. You're talking about another man of you. They would have had children, they wouldn't have died. So the son of another view, the chet of another view is not having children. So everyone says what he's talking about. The chet of another view is not, not having children. It says in the passage, they went in, right? They did the wrong thing. So Chasam Seifer says, Chasam Seifer says that what it means is that there's a growth that a person has from, from raising children. And, and had they had that growth, that potential growth that was waiting for them, then they wouldn't have sinned in whatever they sinned with, which is a fascinating concept. That's another value in it. The person who has children pushes away the Shemar. I will be a God for you and your children after you. When there's children after you, when you have children, then the Shemar will be on If you don't have children, I'll be sure. So who's just going to go? Eat some alvanim on sticks and stones. So meaning it's actually goreim. It pushes away the shchina from Klai.